We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. We all want to stay safe and protect each other from coronavirus. We do this by cleaning our hands, social distancing and covering sneezes and coughs. We can also do this by wearing a face covering. Face coverings help prevent people who don't know they have the virus from spreading it to others. They should be worn anywhere it's difficult to stay two metres apart, like shops or public transport, or when visiting anyone who's more at risk. Wear a face covering. Stay safe. Protect each other. See hse.ie for more. to be with you again in fact it was even great great to be able to join in on the last few minutes there with Orly Kelly on uh, today's big jump and great show she had there with Niall Hatch and indeed uh, Denise Kyo uh, doing their, their various things uh, as, as we were saying you could have hours and hours and hours of conversation if you're into uh, birds and you can't help but notice them around and about at the moment uh, given things are that bit, a little bit quieter I suppose because of the pandemic and also um, time of year I think lots of bird movement around anyway between birds leaving birds coming and uh, things happening in the garden and things birds coming down to get uh, to get uh, apples anyway certainly loads of them loads of apples on our trees loads of them falling and uh, lots of crows not to mention wasps as well coming to get them all that's for another day I should have mentioned the wasps actually to uh, to Orla we could have had another conversation about uh, wasps and, and dealing with them anyway that's all for another day we'll perhaps get back to them with uh, Orla will anyway and uh, Darren Proud back on the big jump some other day anyway later on in today's show we'll be hearing a chat I had earlier on today with Fiona Power who's a course coordinator in Ormond College of Further Education here in Kilkenny um, we'll also be checking in on the weather for a little while as we usually do on the Friday anyway and it's nice to be able to do that uh, of course we did have Niall Dollar to tell us all about there not too long ago, I think earlier on this week. But we'll just check in and see what Met Erin are telling us about the weather today. Uh, no parish news, of course, today. We will start to bring you that back as soon as we possibly can. Um, but to start off today's show, um, one of the things I suppose that hasn't gone away at all during the pandemic is crime. And uh, what happens, the outcomes of crime in some cases, I suppose, when fortunately the Gardaí catch up with the uh, perpetrators of crime are court cases and uh, one of the things, I suppose, court cases are, are probably the courts are somewhat on holidays uh, at, the, at the moment and will be, I think, until next month. But of course, the legal process is very much affected, as everything else is, by the pandemic. And 
some of the, the parties to that process are obviously the victims of crime themselves. There's lots to talk about um, how victims are or aren't represented in court. Or should they have their own separate representation? Um, that's an ongoing debate. But somebody, somebody who can join me, who is joining me on the phone at the moment, uh, Dimna Kenny, who's the general manager of Victim Support at Court, would probably be able to enlighten us on um, a lot of issues that are ongoing in relation to victims and how um, victims are treated in court. So good afternoon, Dimna, and apologies for that very long-winded introduction. Thanks, Morris. Thank you. Um, you your organisation, Dimna, I think uh, had um, an AGM there recently and had some, I suppose, very positive things to, to say about yourselves and also just noting some very, very positive things that were reported um, about you and, and your organisation through various other media. Yeah, um, so Victim Support of Court um, provides a free and confidential service for victims of all types of crime when they're coming to court. So we have over 50 volunteers, trained volunteers, that will meet with the victim or the victim's family and sit with them throughout the whole process at court. So last year uh, we were able to support nearly 1,500 people when they came to court. And some of them uh, availed of the pre-trial visits. So they came to the court and met with the victim support volunteer who was able to show them around the courthouse and um, explain who sat where even in the court, if they were due to give evidence, how to walk up to the witness stand. And it has been able to make that journey so that when they're coming to court for their own trial, um, that they've been to the courthouse and they've, they've actually set foot in the courthouse. Mm. And that can be very daunting. So our volunteers are there to, to help them through, which is a very difficult time for them. And it's someone there for them, just for them to, to talk to them confidentially uh, about the trial or they have information about the guardie or the court process. So just to be able to answer any questions they may have and to listen to them and to help them through um, the process. So... As I say, we have over 50 trained volunteers and last year they gave um, over 1,400 days to, to supporting victims. Without the wow. volunteers, um, we wouldn't have the, the great service that we have and it really benefits the victims or the victim's family when they're coming to court mm. to have someone there that's non-judgmental, they're um, not uh, legal staff, they're, not, they're totally separate, um, they're just there to support and then through the whole process. Yeah. So we we were really busy last year, and as I say, we support victims of all types of crime, be it in central criminal court, circuit court, or district court, and um, in cases involving such crimes as murder, manslaughter, death by dangerous driving, domestic violence, rape, sexual assault, very very serious crimes. As I say, it doesn't matter what crime uh, a victim has been through. And they're affected by that crime, and and we're there to help them when they come to court. Yeah, yeah. I noticed you, you did you did mention when they when they go to court for, for their trial. I mean, I'm sure you didn't mean at all to say that they were they were the the, the accused. You're talking very very definitely about about the victims of crime. Yes. Or I think the the injured parties. I think isn't that um, injured what, parties, what you yes. what you call them? Because um, I'm sure it can be anything varying from bewildering to traumatic um, to be in court as an injured party for certainly the more serious crimes and even for relatively minor things I think there's a kind of an intimidating atmosphere around where, you know, even, the, even the kind of 
fami- lack of familiarity that the vast majority of us would have a, with the inside of a courtroom in itself as soon as you arrive in and I don't know what's going on in there and maybe people can't figure it out and wh- what they're supposed to do and where they're supposed to be. So it must be really, really challenging for people who are victims of a serious crime. Yeah, as I say, most people have a set foot in a courthouse. So as a victim of crime, it's even more daunting coming in um, for uh, the crime that has affected them. And we're there to, to support them and help them through that. As I say, we're in court, our volunteers are in court um, a lot. And um, they're used to the, the process. So they're able to give um, the victims or the victim's family some um information about maybe what to expect um, at certain stages of the court process mm-hmm. and if they have to give evidence, practical advice in terms of walking up to the witness stand, just making themselves comfortable in that seat um, and to take their time to listen to the question um, if they don't understand the question to be able to say I don't understand so it's just practical advice to help them through and our volunteers sit in court um, at every stage of the court process mm. and if, if the victim doesn't want to avail of court accompaniment there is a separate area away from the general public that they can wait when they're not in court and our volunteers are there um, when they're not in court and that's when they get a chance to talk and to listen to the, the victims yeah. and answer any questions they may have and I'm sure that's a very very important part of the service as well because no doubt um, you know the I don't know what the, the nature of all the insides of courthouses are like these days, but um, there, there's probably a lot of potential for either inadvertently uh, for uh, alleged perpetrators and their entourage of families and whatever to bump into and come into contact or close contact with um, injured parties, and that must be very difficult as well. Yeah, it is one of the, the anxieties they would have is, is meeting um, the accuser, the perpetrator, in the public areas, and that's where the separate area away from um, the general public area that's what we call the victim support area or the witness area is where they can wait and um, we make them a cup of tea or coffee and just as I say listen to them answer any questions they may have and it's a safe place um, and our service is totally confidential um, so they can talk to us about anything Um, obviously not the evidence but um, just any fears they may have and um, we'll we're there to listen to them and help them through it as yeah. best we can. And uh, Dimna, are, are any or all, or is it, it's, is it necessary, or are any of your volunteers at the moment, are they um, victims of serious crime themselves? Some of our volunteers have been through um, our service um, as a victim of crime and, and have come back to us. And we would say um, anyone that would like to volunteer, if they have been a victim of crime, to to give us at least a year before they and think about volunteering because they have to go through the, the process and their own recovery as well. Um, but yes, some of our volunteers have been victims of crimes them, themselves. But our volunteers come from all different backgrounds. Mm. Um, they're all different ages. And um, we would interview them and go through a training process of about three to four months before becoming um, a, a court accompaniment volunteer with our service. 
Right, so that that sounds quite um, thorough and, and rigorous. And does that involve kind of um, accompaniment or kind of sitting in with a more experienced person or some kind of classroom type training or round table, round kind of circle discussions or all of the above? Yeah, there's, there's a bit of everything. We do classroom training at the start and we bring them in to um, let them sit in a public court and just experience the court itself. Um, and then we would have them shadow an experienced volunteer in court when they're providing court accompaniment to, to victims. And that, that process of shadowing, we would give them about six to eight weeks for that. And that's to give them the confidence then, because they have the information they need, they see the types of questions that the, the victims or the victims' families may be asking, and to learn about the court process and what happens from start right through to, to the end. And as they were support at court, so we don't have contact with the victim before they come to court, other than the pre-trial visit I um, outlined earlier. Mm. And we don't have any contact with them after. We're purely there to support them through the court process, and, uh, which uh, can be... Sorry. Sorry, Jim, can, can victims um, contact um, the victim-supported court service directly, or do they always go through Gardaí, or how does it work? They can contact us directly. Um, our phone line is zero one eight seven two six seven eight five or they can email us on info at vsac.ie um, or they can get us through our website and www.vsac.ie but i will say the majority of the referrals that come in are through angarda shiakona so we would work closely with angarda shiakona um, because when the gardi uh, refer a victim into us and they know they're being looked after. So the Gardaí, if they have to be in court when the victim isn't in court, they know that's where they are and that they're being looked after by one of our volunteers. Mm. So I suppose that does make life easier for the Gardaí then, because you, you do see lots of, certainly I know passing by the local courthouse here in Kilkenny, yeah. anytime the court's in session, there's lots of Gardaí cars around. So I assume there's loads and loads of Gardaí in and around the courts. So anything oh, that maybe be, frees yeah. up their time a little bit probably is, it does, yeah. they're, they're bound to find um, helpful and hopefully be supportive of, of the victim-supported court service. Absolutely. Mm. And... Um, we would, like, if the guardie, once they know that, that the victim has been looked after, they can concentrate on what they need to do um, in court themselves. So um, they know where to go and they, they can just contact us then when the, the victim is required in court and we can bring the victim or the victim's family into court when they're required. So we work alongside the guardie and we get referrals in from other support agencies as well um, or... Um, the Crime Victims Helpline is another um, area where we get referrals in. So there's a number of people that can refer in, but absolutely the victim, if there's a victim coming to court, we would say get in touch with um, our service um, and we will um, facilitate support for them throughout that process. Yeah. Um, I, I noticed, I, like, I think I said at the start that I think the courts are on holidays at the moment. Am I, am I right in that? They are, they're they? dealing with urgent matters at the moment. So the, the courts are reopening on Monday and there, there's a lot of changes and um, the court services, um, our staff have been in, we have a permanent presence in the Criminal Court of Justice in Park 8th Street in Dublin. Um, so and any we're in the eastern and southeastern courts as well. So our staff have actually visited the courthouses, and I will say that um, in terms of the restrictions, there is uh, signage all over the place 
um, there's announcements in terms of adhering to social distancing, there's hand sanitizers, and in the courtroom itself, there's um, stickers as to where not to sit. So it's very clear where you can sit in court. And there are restrictions to numbers in court. So outside every courtroom, there is actually a sticker to say what the capacity is within that courthouse. And I see on on the court services uh, website, courts.ie, there's a number of announcements today, just in the last hour, in terms of the central criminal courts are uh, sitting from the 31st of August. And they're sitting around the country um, in Cork, Kilkenny, Castlebar, Limerick. So the court services are working um, to try and get as many trials heard um, between now and the end of the year. It's it's, it's amazing how uh, two metres you think is quite a small space, but when you're in a courtroom, it's actually... That's why they have to restrict yeah, the numbers. Yeah, um, I noticed actually, Dimna. Um, I think I think it was in yesterday's Irish Times. There was an article, um, kind of an interview with um, a woman named Angela Denning, who I think is the head of the court service nationally. That's right. But yeah. um, she she was quoted as saying that only twelve court buildings outside of Dublin have been found to be suitable for holding jury trials while observing social distancing rules, and kind of thinking about that. In, in, in relation to the victim-supported court service, it, like well, certainly outside of Dublin, um, would, would that be introducing kind of particular challenges for you to be able to do the t- kind of things you were talking about, like keeping victims um, away from alleged perpetrators or away from the general public or in, in just in private and in quiet spaces? Yeah, and we're working with court services on that. So as I say, we, we visited the courts that we operate in and some of the, the private areas um, maybe too small to social distance so we're just working with them within the confines of the courthouse and the restrictions so we will just do our best in terms of providing the support necessary for the victims um, I will say in the criminal courts of justice um, it's quite a big area so um, that's not the challenge it's in the smaller courts so that's why court services have been doing phenomenal work in terms of getting um, the courts ready um, for uh, jury trials, which haven't been heard since um, March. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, they've, they've done great work yeah. in, in trying to get through as many court uh, jury trials um, as possible. Yeah, because I think the same article was saying that about 270 trials have been delayed because of the That's pandemic. Right, so yeah. it certainly sounds like as if um, all, all parts and all participants in the legal process, including um, yourselves and the victim-supported court volunteers, are going to be um, possibly uh, very busy while the backlog is um, dealt with or tried to be dealt with and indeed like I said uh, at the start I don't think crime has gone away just because we have a pandemic here to be worried about No and as I say we you know as cases are referred in if there's a change in venue we will um, do our best to facilitate support at the different courts and during uh, lockdown we provide a phone support so anyone coming to court our volunteers our staff are trained and and we know the layouts of the court so even to know that there's somebody at the end of the phone if we can't physically be in court and so we we are there to help victims through it Um, and we did have some calls not too many because during lockdown there was only urgent matters being heard and and um, or matters that didn't involve victims or witnesses coming to court. So we're doing doing what we can within the restrictions, and 
as say when we're in court then we have to socially distance even when we're sitting in court and providing that support we can't it, we have to remain the two metres um, away from the victim or the victim's family. Mm-hmm. But it so certainly it's, it's sounds... The restrictions um, are, you know, we can only work within the restrictions. Of course, but of course. things are, are starting to move again and getting through um, as many trials as, as we can and supporting people through them. Well, it certainly sounds like, as if from, from a number of other... Um, pieces of uh, publications that I've uh, just seen kind of snippets of. I think one was a review of the protection of vulnerable witnesses that was done by somebody named Tom O'Malley at the request uh, some time ago, I think last year, the previous government uh, at the request of the previous minister Charlie Flanagan was very complimentary about victim supported court and then I think the the report of the court services itself from 2019 was also very complimentary about victim supported court so it certainly sounds like as if you're managing a service that's a highly valued and highly valuable and um, yeah. provides a, a wonderful service to people who are going through a very traumatic time in their lives. Yeah, um, it's, it's immense assistance uh, to victims and, as I say, victims of all types of crimes. Um, no crime is... Any crime impacts the victim and if they have to come to court, then we're there for them and yeah. to help them through that. So... <laughs> And one last question for you, actually, Jim, just before we let yeah. you go. And uh, thanks for staying so long on the phone for the chat. Um, are, you, are you still looking for volunteers or are you constantly looking for volunteers? Well, um, at the moment, we're just getting back into the course at, at present. Um, and we will be expanding um, our service. As I say, we've recently expanded into the east and southeast, but we will be expanding into the western Midlands and the northern courts in Donegal, Monaghan and Cavan. So um, we will be uh, advertising for volunteers. Um, when that is, I can't say, but I would say to anyone that's interested to go onto our website and click on volunteering with us and um, they, there's an application that they can um, send in for us um, oh, okay. and we'll get back to them then so just in relation to when we're, we're looking to recruit. Keep, keep an eye out on the website and I think it sounded like, we'll leave you with this thought, I think it sounded very, very sensible what you were saying about uh, victims themselves if they wanted to volunteer to put a bit of distance between themselves and their own um, yeah. their own trial process experience and, and get through the recovery from that and then maybe uh, come back to to yourselves but wonderful service anyway congratulations on, on what you've been able to do um, in 2019 much, anyway Jim and uh, very best wishes for a safe I suppose resumption of, of the service uh, you can't expect the crime will go away but hopefully um, yourself and all your volunteers and your staff will be very safe when the courts do open up again so thanks a million for joining us Jim lovely thanks talking to you thanks very much Morris for the opportunity thank you're you. very welcome have a have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye now. Bye. And that was Tim Kenny, who's the general manager for the victim support at court service, talking to us there. And uh, the number she mentioned in Dublin, if you wanted to call, is uh, Dublin number zero one, of course, eight seven two six seven eight five, or the website is vsac.ie. Now, uh, quite late, uh, twenty eight, nearly twenty nine minutes past five. It's about time we took our first ad break. We'll be back after these ads with the weather. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. You're listening to Kilkenny Today with Maurice O'Connor on Community Radio, KilkennyCity.ie. Welcome back. It's now uh, 27 minutes or 26 and a half minutes to 6 o'clock here on Community Radio, Kilkenny City. Maurice O'Connor with you 
on today's Kilkenny Today until the top of the hour and we'll have the uh, Angelus Community Diary and the usual Friday well now they're the usual Friday evening programmes anyway um, well I believe TalkSport actually might even be back this evening sure don't hold your breath we'll see anyway after after the show anyway but we will have the Angelus and the Community Diary first and according to what I have in front of me TalkSport with the famous and the award winning Community Radio Kilkenny City Sports Team will be back this evening and things are that's a sure sign things are getting somewhat back to normal something else that's actually happening that shows we're kind of moving on with the year I suppose is the um, start of the uh, the educational the autumn term really and uh, at uh, beyond first level and second level education of course uh, further education third level education starts to come into its own and one of the local colleges Ormond College of Further Education is up and running I believe open and opening its doors and due to start providing various courses all sorts of interesting courses of different types and different uh, QQI levels Um, in a few weeks time and in that regard earlier on today I spoke to Fiona Power who's a course coordinator with one of the courses there very close to our own hearts of course uh, a course called media production so here's the chat I had with Fiona Fiona Power course coordinator at Ormond College of Further Education here in Kilkenny welcome to Community Radio Kilkenny City it's a while since we've been talking to Fiona so long time ago the other side of the summer and possibly even the other side of the pandemic Yes, Morris, thanks very much for having me um, chat to you today on your show. Um, yeah, it's been a crazy few months, and um, but luckily and thank God we um, were able to open in the college yesterday, so it's fantastic to officially be back to work, and we are so looking forward to welcoming all of our new students this year um, back to Ormond College again for a new year. Is it a very different work environment for you there now this new term, Fiona? Uh, it is, it is, um, and as everybody is aware and everybody is currently going through it in all work environments at the moment, we are completely, um, f- uh, we have all of our health and safety procedures now in place, um, we've got new um, one-way in systems and, and, out, and you know, our own walkway in and out systems, we've got all of our COVID um science, health and safety science and procedures in place. Um, we've got new rules and regulations and it is, it's actually, it, it looks like a very different college now, uh, Morris. Hmm. I suppose the proof of the pudding will be when you start getting students back in and uh, it's, I suppose in relation to that that we wanted to talk to you because uh, absolutely or so because we have a very close working relationship with you obviously between here in Community Radio, Kilkenny City and Ormond College and particularly in relation to the course that you're the coordinator for the media production course which is open for applicants now I believe. Yes, it is, uh, Morris. So um, anyone who is interested in the course, are, everyone is welcome to join if they're interested. It's an eight-month course. Uh, the qualification will be at Level 5 QQI Media Production. It's an eight-month course. It's full-time. It's Monday to Friday. One day of that week will be for work placement. So students are required to go look for work experience. And now that this course has been running as media studies course for over 12 years now, we we have many connections and links with all different types of organisations and workplaces in or around Kilkenny and further afield as well. And like what you just mentioned, and we have a great relationship with you guys in the community radio. You've been fantastic. Our students have been going there to complete the radio production module um, one day a week um, for all these years now. And it's a valuable 
uh, module that we have on the course and it's actually the radio program production module is one of those modules that, that, that we garner a lot of interest now, as to why people want to actually do this course. Mm. Now, I know uh, from having seen some of your students in uh, in and around our studios there over the last couple of years, uh, kind of some insight into the nature of the course. And I can I know for a fact that certainly when it comes to our station in particular, um, social distancing is going to be an issue. So how is the whole course going to work in, in the context of those kind of restrictions that the pandemic has forced on us? Yes, well, well, what we are hoping to do is to actually, we hope to have all of our students in um, every day, if we can. But we will have a mix of blended learning as well. So there will be some classes um, taking place online. Um, obviously now, um, because it is a pretty hands-on course, we will have to follow the new health and safety procedures and guidelines um, as to work around those practical modules or learning outcomes which are practical. So, um, for example, we will have to now um, put groups of students into little small pods. Um, another thing that we'll have to do is students will have to sit maybe in their own designated seating um, or, and students will be using maybe one or two of the same actual classrooms um, so that they're not moving around as much. And we have all of our like one way in and out systems as well in place in the college. So it's going to be different. But look, the thing is, we're going to see how it goes. Um, I think everybody is in the exact same boat at the moment in every school and college in the country. Um, our number one priority is the health and safety of our students and the staff and their well-being. So we will make sure that that's all in place and we'll do the best we can. And we also have the option of online um, classes as well. Mm. well. It certainly sounds like you're going to be looking after people's health and safety very carefully. Absolutely. Um, that's well, the, the whole college. Well. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we're very well prepared. Now, I have to say the college looks like a, a different college, but I have to say when I went back to work yesterday, I was so impressed with all the signage we have up, the screens we have up, the walkway systems in place, different designated areas, all the hand sanitizers, everything that's in place. I, I have to say I was so proud um, when I went in yesterday and... Um, you know, the manager, the care caretaker, staff members who've been helping and involved to get it all right in recent weeks. Well, fair to Absolutely done an absolutely yeah, excellent job. Uh, just back to the media yeah, production I'm really, course. I'm really um, proud of them, uh, I have to say. Back to the media production yeah. course for a sec there, Fiona. Um, you, you say it's QQI level five. So where, where do your course participants typically come from? What sort of backgrounds do they have? Is it people just, just fancy the idea of doing something in media or um, have a strong interest or maybe have dabbled a little bit or, or it's it's or. it's everybody really um Morris to be honest with you we have um students of all ages from all backgrounds and I've been teaching there now on that course for 12 years and I've I've met so many like wonderful people from everywhere and of all ages so again if you for example you you would get a good few school leavers um so maybe they haven't decided yet what they would like to do after their leaving cert um, so they'll come in to us and do a year. Generally, you would always have students, no matter how old they are, and um, they have dabbled in a little bit of media or they have the interest anyway, number one, in media, whether it's photography or it's film or it's radio or it's web or it's media analysis. You will have people who will have a background, or sorry, who will have that interest. So number one, that's really important to have the interest mm -hmm. and come in and um, talk to us. Um, yeah. Uh, basically, we, we, we take people um, from all backgrounds and all ages, Morris, so everybody is welcome. We're accepting um, applications right now, so if anyone is interested or know of anyone who may be interested, um, please go online and 
apply online and you can go to www.ormondcollege.ie hmm. or feel free to send an email to info at ormondcollege.ie that will just take you straight to the office Grand. main well, office was, in the uh, college definitely something I was going to ask you before we let you go um, so, uh, so people come in it's full time course for the 8 months and then yeah. they, they uh, graduate and they get their QQI level 5 yeah and, and it's and a recognised like yeah. Where, yeah. where do people typically go to from there or again is there a typical pattern Fiona yeah, there, there there tends to be a typical pattern. Now, over the years, we, in particular, I've noticed that with mature students, they may just come to us and maybe just do the year, and then they go and they work. And many mature students over the years have went on and, you know, got jobs in areas of, whether it's like graphic design or radio or... Um, uh, print media and so forth um, and that's been really, really good so it's a great stepping stone to get into the workplace and then mainly most of our students now would go on to um, third level and they would proceed then with a level seven or a level eight and some of even went on to a level nine in all different types of air areas mm. the media studies course is great because it's so broad and it's a taster of, of all different types of modules for example like the ones i just mentioned to you there um, it can branch off into other areas. So students have went on and specifically may have studied or got degrees in either film or possibly media and communications or PR or visual communications, um, script writing. I've had students now go to so many different universities and colleges around the country, but mainly because we're in Kilkenny and we're based in the southeast, a lot of our students tend to go to the closer colleges. So, for yeah. example, um, WIT and IT Carlo, and they have fantastic courses there at level seven, level eight in um, multimedia, uh, media production, TV and film production. Um, uh, oh God, visual communications. Yeah. There's so many. So you're, um, prob you're so, probably getting the feedback yeah. then from those colleges, you know, about, about, oh, we have, about yeah, how well we have. prepared your particular graduates are then when they, when they yeah, go to when the WIT or Carlo, whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's like with all the courses that we have in our Ormond College, they're all brilliant introductory taster courses in that particular area for somebody who is maybe not sure or would like to get a feel of what I could do if I want to go on to third level or what it would be like to work in this area. So, I mean, that, that's why I suppose maybe I'm a little bit biased because, you know, I've been teaching in further education for years, but I have to say, um, it's, I just would highly recommend anybody who's unsure of what they want to do or maybe who wants a new career change to do a further education yeah. course because and certainly, yeah, um, seen, it just gives you a really good taster. Yeah, I think I can see just from the website I have open in front of me at the ormancollege.ie and the huge diversity of courses, of which, of course, the one you're coordinating yourself, the media studies of production one is is just one of them. Um, for And just for that media production one, while we have you then, um, Fiona, are there any particular kind of requirements that people need to have coming into the course, like computer literacy or other skills that you'd, you'd, you'd like people to have or expect them um, to have? Well, um, well, I suppose one thing is that we do expect them to meet the, the, the basic general requirements of entry. And that is if um, an applicant has just come out of Leaving Cert, that they have passed the Leaving Cert. So that's a requirement. So you must receive um, um, five, five Ds or at, at least five Ds five passes to be able to get on. So that's the minimum requirement. Yeah. And then for a mature student, that they're at the mature student age, that they are a mature student and they can come in, but they must pass an interview as well. And the mature um, students so are main, still 23 for mature students. Yeah. 
I have to laugh now student. when I think when I think of twenty three <laughs> being the age of mature students. I know, I, I know. Around, it, it, so I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily put them all in the same bracket as being mature. But anyway, no. Well, I, I certainly, I don't think I was mature at twenty three. But I suppose when you when you get to twenty three, it's nice to know that you're seen as being an adult yeah, and mature. mature yeah, isn't it? A bit funny, <laughs> yeah. Funny terminology rising up, but I suppose you have to call it something. Um, That's it. So there, is there a deadline then for enrolling for either the media studies course or any of the other ones, uh, diversity courses? That yeah, so the media studies course and all the courses, we're, we're still accepting applications because we're accepting applications um, kind of for a longer period now due to everything that happened with COVID. Everything has been you know delayed, as we all know, and the Leaving Cert results and CAO offers are going to be all you know given out later this year, as we're mm. all aware of that. We've heard it on the news yeah, September all these 7th, months. Yeah, but our um, we hope to start classes in the college on Thursday, the twenty fourth of September. So it's still nearly a month away. Yes. So um, anybody who's interested in any of the courses, please feel free to apply now. Any of the learners that had applied earlier in the year and who had an interview now, obviously with COVID, we had to do all of our interviews um online. Um, so uh, forms are filled out instead and uh, those people who have been then offered places are actually coming in to register in the college next week so um, we still got another few weeks another couple of weeks where people can apply and then we'll um, interview them again it'll just be done online and and then we'll have another separate registration date for, for those applicants right. if they're successful and they can come on in now, yeah. the, one thing, the one thing I have forgotten to ask you, we did get the details as to who to contact or how to contact you, and I, I'll go back to them just before uh, we leave hey. you or just after we leave you, Fiona. But um, the, the, I suppose we forgot to ask you about money. Are there fees involved? Or Let's like, just take the media production course in particular, maybe, to start with anyway. Okay. Well, overall, um, the red, there's a registration fee for any college course, for most college courses in the country anyway. Ours is um, is, is a very small fee, it's €160 Euro. and then there's an extra government tax that doesn't go to us it goes to um, the government it's a further education tax and uh, that's €200 Euro. but there are exemptions as well for those who may hold a medical card or may be in receipt of back to education. So there's a few allowances there that, 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 that uh, people don't need to pay if they have those um, and then just the extra, that's just a basic registration fee for the college and then extras really during the year maybe it could be between 200 to 250 or 300 euro for the year that would include the 50 euro exam fee for the end of the year mm. that goes to qqi that's the award and qualification body and then just to buy it would also that would include then also things like maybe you know notepads pens some equipment um hard drive, the sto storage, mm -hmm. memory cards, things like that, just for saving your work and, and completing your work. Mm. But um, no, there there wouldn't be huge fees for doing sounds, any of the yeah, courses. Yeah, it certainly sounds course. modest enough anyway in comparison to very, what you hear about secondary very school modest, or primary yeah. school or certainly, um, yeah. Exactly, because uh, that's why I say, you know, um, everybody I've, I've met, yeah, exactly, over the years, I, I say, you know, it's very mo modest. You don't have to pay too much. It's a brilliant year then for getting a taster of what you might like to do or maybe you might find an, another area that you want to um, you know span off into and plus then you're not paying out all those thousands of euros fees that you would pay at third level and you're, is, uh, is Ormond College how does it work in terms of um, disabled people or people of particular conditions that might be a little bit more concerned than normal about 
given the of COVID nineteen. Of course, yeah, that's understandable. We have all those. We have all of the. We have all of those um, um, uh, facilities in place, Morris. We have for for anybody with and. Uh, with um, any disability or any special educational needs, we have an officer who uh, actually deals and, and helps those students in particular. We've got loads of extra assistance. So, for example, if a learner had a uh, educational um, special educational need, we have um, you know supports and equipment and technology in place to assist them. We actually have SNAs as well in our college, which is brilliant. Oh, and then we have all the access for um, maybe, for example, for a learner who may be in a wheelchair. For example, mm. we have all the facilities there to um, to help those. So it sounds like the the, the media production course in, in particular, and indeed all the courses that um, are on offer in Normand College of Further Education are really brilliant for, for people who are either wanting to upskill themselves and get back into a workforce or change career or indeed just figure out straight out of school, take a, take something yeah. straightforward and take a kind of a, a nice, easy, exploratory year out and, you know, exactly. try, try a couple of things. Yeah, absolutely. I would totally agree. Um, it's a brilliant way just to, you know, get your um, you know, feet stuck into something maybe new or an area that you might be interested in and just try to help and figure out what you want to do or mm. get back into the workforce again or try a new career. Um, all the options are there for anyone who may be interested in doing Excellent. anything like that Excellent. at the moment. Well, look, it's, it's been lovely talking to you again, Fiona. Uh, great that you're uh, up and back up and running and uh, you're kind of opening. Yeah, again. we're delighted now. We're so happy and um, we can't wait to meet all of our new students and see them again face to face. Yeah, well, with maybe a little bit different with masks on. You'll be seeing half the face anyway. But sure, look, it's yeah. like if you're, you're well prepared in there and hopefully think everything will work out really, really well and everybody will be safe and well and get a great experience out of oh, whatever, thank you, whatever course they're involved in. And exactly. Lovely talking to you again, Fiona, and uh, take care. All the best and have a good weekend. Lovely talking to you. Thank you. Take care. Okay. Thanks very much, Fiona uh, Power. That was Fiona from uh, Ormond College of Further Education talking about the media production course. And you can uh, phone them there at 7763321 or go on to ormondcollege.ie and it... Uh, flyer here that I'm looking at says apply online or contact the college for an application form. Now it's coming up to eight minutes to six. We better take another ad break. We'll be back after these. You're listening to Kilkenny Today with Morris O'Connor. We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. Text us on 086 353 Welcome back to today's Kilkenny today and it's just gone five to six so only a few minutes of today's show and I did have Liam Kelly O'Rourke just popping in to say that yes definitely TalkSport is back on and they will be in with you after the Angelus and the Community Diary in just a few minutes so I can see Nicky Brennan, Pat Tracy and Liam himself outside anyway maybe there's even some more uh, of the crew coming in although they will be observing uh, appropriate social distancing measures uh, while they're bringing the show to you but uh, that's all coming up in a few minutes time I did have a text in uh, just going back actually to the end of uh, the big jump and the chat I was having with Orla Kelly before I started uh, Kilkenny today here um, from Martin Quigley who's uh, reminding me that indeed you're correct Martin and it is a real pain that uh, the dump and the facility there in Dunmore is closed uh, completely closed if it's uh, on a Saturday of a bank holiday weekend and it's just an awful shame it's bad enough actually I think having it closed uh, from 12 o'clock noon on a normal Saturday I mean like 
this Saturdays are the days when everybody's going to be out and about and trying to do things uh, the right way, the right way, like get rid of uh, recycling material and uh, dump garden rubbish and all that sort of stuff. So it's an awful shame. So the sooner the dump in Dunmore gets open full time uh, all day long, or at least a normal kind of hours on a Saturday, the better. At least have it open till half four or five o'clock, even maybe six o'clock on a Saturday evening. It would be brilliant. Um, whatever about this time of year or whatever about the middle of the winter when it's getting dark maybe that uh, could adjust to that you wouldn't want to they probably wouldn't want to open in the dark but certainly um, earlier in the year when it's not dark they should be open I think anyway and as I said I have said it to several councillors here on uh, when we've been having chats with them on um, Kilkenny today anyway um just coming up to yeah three minutes or so to five o'clock. It's been an amazing, uh, very lively, uh, controversial in some respects, I suppose, week in politics anyway, uh, internationally and nationally here with uh, our own uh, Kilkenny native um, Phil Hogan, now former EU commissioner, who's uh, departed the scene um, controversially. Lots of different opinions on that. Interesting one in some of the, the, um, the uh, newspapers and indeed some MEPs actually uh, defending, not so much defending Phil Hogan, but actually saying that really it was um, too big of a punishment to expect him to or to ask him to resign, although he did say he did resign himself. But I think the pressure was well known, the pressure was on. And uh, somebody making the point that actually there's no real uh, kind of a grade, graduation or gradual punishment available for, to the European Commissioner, anything between total absolution as it was described and uh, uh, ejection from the Commission I think that was, uh, Barry Andrews actually made that comment on another media outlet earlier on today, I think he's right um, it's either the nuclear option or nothing and maybe that's why uh, Phil Hogan ended up having to uh, go the nuclear option route and take take his his leave. I suppose it does leave the question still of some other politicians and what might become of them. Um, in particular, Councillor Martin Brett here in Kilkenny. I know he's lost the Fine Gael whip, but uh, again, is there is that enough or is it not or is it too too much of a punishment? Who knows? Um, I, we were talking there obviously with uh, Fiona Parr from Ormond College of Further Education and the whole third level education sector opening up again. But of course, um, secondary schools and indeed primary schools all about to open some of the secondary schools. I've seen some school uniforms around town already today. So some of the schools are obviously back. Um, lots of coverage in the media about the implications of that. I think uh, in today's um, Cat, um, today's Kilkenny People is a report from uh, Kathleen Funchin saying that no child can be left behind as schools reopen. And indeed, uh, I think I think she's right. I think a lot of uh, there'll be a lot to, to be seen and to be observed as to how things do work out when schools um, reopen and um, uh, you know, there's there, there's a lots of issues around around all of that, and uh, Kathleen is reflecting some concerns that some of her constituents have been expressing to her, as indeed has Councillor Dennis Hines, and um, particularly in relation to calculated grades and their impact on people. There's been a lot of coverage of that and the model that'll be used, and I think there's some very good points made by his uh, party colleague uh, TDA Arno Rudon in relation to taking the kind of school waiting out of whatever um, grading adjusting model is being used by the Department of Education, because apart from anything else, it's uh, it's uh, will detract from people's anonymity and their uh, and their entitlement to the anonymity of being marked, which they normally get in the leaving cert. Um, so lots lots more to emerge as as uh, that happens uh, September seventh, I think Monday week when the grades are due to be announced. Anyway, that's all we have time for here today and today's Kilkenny today. It's been lovely having you with us. Lovely to be able to join in with Orla as well at the end of the big jump earlier on. I'll hopefully be back with you on Tuesday next. In the meantime, uh, we'll have the Angelus, the Community Diary, and the return of talks with the crew week have to hold your breaths for just a few more minutes we are community radio kilkenny city 88.7 fm